Welcome to Grind, Grind, Sell, Sell, Elevate, Elevate, with your host, Tizer Evans, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the top minds in all areas of business, entrepreneurship, sales, and leadership. Let's elevate together. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is your host, Tizer Evans. And today I'm here with Parker Nash from Parker Nash Marketing. Parker, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, you've got incredible experience. You don't look a day over 25. So kudos to you. It's uh, <laughs> my but, boyish good looks. I do yeah, a lot of work to keep that up. Thank you. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you got to give me your secrets, man, because I, I, do, I do not have those. Um, but dude, thanks so much for joining me. You got some crazy experience uh, as a marketer, but I'll let you introduce yourself, kind of a little bit about your background and who you are. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. So I'm a copywriter and marketer, and I help small and mid-sized businesses stand out and attract devoted customers with clear messaging and marketing. So that's what I do now. But uh, before, before the work I'm doing now, I spent 11 years at Nike and you know, working and growing some of the biggest product lines at Nike. And I really got one of a, just an incredible experience in a front row seat to see how one of the greatest companies in the world markets, brands, creates product, and is able to turn customers, not just into customers, but I mean, they're just incredibly devoted and passionate fans of their brands, of their brand, and to the point where they actually have a name for it. They call them sneakerheads, right? These people are obsessed right. with, with Nike product. And going through that process, what I realized was, you know, from the outside, you might think that, hey, Nike is able to do this because they have so many resources. They can throw this cash at everything and they buy this and they can do that and whatever. And yes, it never hurts to have billions of dollars to pour into resources and sales and marketing, all this kind of stuff. What I started to realize was, you know, there's actually, there's key core principles that they have built their business on that has led to the success that they are now. And those are the same principles that I started as I, you know, just going through it, started realizing like, it doesn't require a lot of money to do these things. In fact, a lot of these activities and principles are free to do. And they're all things that any size business should do and could do. And it's what has led to uh, companies like Nike being so, so successful. And I would say any business that's a billion dollar brand is doing many of these same principles. And that's kind of the biggest difference that you see is how they operate and how they go about that are some of these main principles that they've done. Really interesting to use the word principles. So, you know, from your perspective, Parker, do you see that like they have a set sense of principles that they kind of derive their decisions around where that's not happening with SMBs? Yeah. So, I mean, they're very intentional about some things they're doing and they're very clear. Now, in, in many ways, it's it's actually, I mean, they've refined them a bit, but Nike, you can just Google Nike maxims and you can see the maxims that they have and have been kind of the bedrock and the foundation to their brand. But there's a handful of other things that they do, whether it's said or not, that is really what they focus and do and live and breathe. And yes, I think a lot of these things that you can see is like, when I look at stuff and I go, oh, that's how a big brand markets and that's how a small brand markets. And there's going to be limited potential because of the way they're doing these things. That, yeah. Well, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and you know, it's interesting that you, you brought up free things 
because I think that when SMBs think about how I attack my marketing, well, we can never compete because of budgeting restraints, right? right? So maybe talk about maybe that's, um, I'm missing the word, but what is that? A, a, uh, there's an advantage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm drawing a blank on the, a misconception. There we go. Okay, uh, there you go. Yeah. A misconception yeah. that you need a big marketing budget in order yeah. to be uh, impactful. So maybe can you outline a couple of things that sure. small to medium-sized businesses should be thinking about that might be on the freer or less expensive side? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, this is one of the things that I realized working at Nike, and it was absolutely drilled into my <laughs> my brain and it became second nature to the point where you just don't think about it anymore. You just do it, right? You just live and breathing, which is brands like Nike and all brands that are at that scale, Nike obsess their consumers and customers to the point where nothing starts until you've thought about, talked about and thought about what's our consumer doing, what's happening with them. I mean, they're, it's, it's what it is. They are truly obsessed with their consumers. And I'll see this all the time quite a bit with a lot of smaller businesses. And they're like, yeah, we're, hey, we're obsessed with our customers. And uh, I know my customer really well. And unfortunately, no, you don't. Uh, mm-hmm. And it reflects and it shows up in the way that you talk about your brand, the way you market your brand and activities that you're doing. I mean, for example, one thing you see all the time is this is one of the things that separates Billion dollar brands, world renowned brands versus small small businesses is big brands don't talk about their companies. They're not the heroes of their story, right? It's true. Their customers, their consumers are their main sole focus point, focal point of what they're talking about in their marketing and sales collateral. Whereas like small businesses all the time, they're talking about them, they're talking about themselves, why they started the company, um, how many years they've been in business, all these things that no one cares about. And this is the, 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 the hard truth that many businesses need to understand is nobody cares about your business. Nobody cares about your business. They only care, your customers only care about how your business helps them succeed and thrive. So what are you doing to help them in their lives as it relates to your product or service? And that's one of the big things that these large brands like Nike, Apple, Amazon, any of them, yeah. just look at their ads and they're always talking about when you use our products, this is what's gonna. This is what your life's gonna be like after using our products or yeah. services. They're nonstop about that stuff. They're not saying it so explicitly like that, but that's really what their messaging and marketing is conveying. No, one hundred percent. It is a, a cause and effect. If you use our product, you get this type of effect. But really, more than that, to me, good marketing invokes emotion. It has you start to have a feeling that you start to associate with a brand, and so you know. That's that's just how I perceive it, and and I work I worked yep. in insurance since two thousand nine, and man, this is the most frustrating part about this industry where it needs a lot of disruption. Yeah, because you hear you hear reps all day long, and they call and immediately, well, my company's been in business for this. We've got this much on our asset sheet. You know, we've got this type of contract strength, right? And I'm like, they don't fucking care. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. So- that, so this is, okay, man, you got me going on a couple of things here. Uh, one of the <laughs> mark, like critical marketing flaws or, or messaging flaws I see companies doing, which I, I, it's, it's, it's being a me monster. Mm-hmm. This is in marketing, sales, whatever it is, me monsters. A me monster is that guy or gal that at a cocktail party or dinner party is pounding their chest and talking about themselves all the time. 
right? You get cornered by that person and you're going, oh my gosh, oh, shit. how am I going to, they're Shopping. talking about their car, the trip, their watch, their expensive watch. They just bought. They're talking about all these different things, all about them. They've never even asked you one question about yourself. And the whole time you're looking over their shoulder going, how am I going to get out of this conversation? What's my out here? And that's what, like when I'm here, you talking about that. That's what a lot of sales reps are doing too, yep. right? Is picture being the person on the other side of that phone call. I don't care about I don't care about your your company has been in business right. for 50 years or all this kind of stuff. But if you tell me, hey, it looks like um, you're dealing with this kind of things and you're, you're, you probably need this kind of this kind of uh, uh, policies or coverage. You know, we've worked with lots of companies like you. So now if we're talking about you, the customer, the person I'm talking about and how I've helped other people like you before. And this is the outcome we've helped you other people like you achieve as well. So it's. It is about your business, but it's not about your business. It's about how you're going to help them. And something else you're talking about did made me think about this too, about um, the emotion we want to evoke mm -hmm. in, in our products and services. I mean, we think that we're, I think a lot of us think that we're pretty rational beings. I mean, I would love to think that too, but we know that we're all pretty emotional. It's just how emotional are you? Are yeah. you really? And so I think there's two things that we really need to be thinking. I've been thinking about this a lot is all good sales, marketing, collateral, messaging are appealing to two things with our customers, the head and the heart. So the head being that more like I'm thinking about this analytical, your customers are aware of a problem that they have or something that they need or want, right? So if you talk about that, a problem they have, something they need or want, well, that will at least get their attention because they're thinking about it. But that's not what actually motivates them to buy. What motiva motivates people to buy and inspires people to buy is actually the heart, which is how they feel about something. Mm -hmm. So if you can get, like you were just saying, if you can get people to feel a certain way about your products or services and actually picture what life will be like after you use your products or services, good and bad, then you're going to actually inspire and motivate people to want to do business with you. So it has to be a beyond just the product or service that you have. I mean, this is also something too, I bet I'd be willing to bet you tell me this, but I bet insurance, I think a tech is probably a, something a lot like this too. I mean, just any experts in general, I see, they start to really focus on features and functions totally. of their products and services, right? Totally. Don't care about your features and functions. Frankly, most people don't know what your features and functions do, right? So they just tech out stuff. I mean, it's like if you go to... The, the mechanic and you're not a car guy, right? The mechanics is going to tell you all the stuff about the machine, the, the motor, blah, blah, blah. He's just rattling off stuff. And you're like, he's assuming, you know, what he knows you right. don't. Right. Right. <laughs> but you need to connect it to, well, what do those features do for your customers? Right. What are the benefits? What are the outcomes? So that's one of the biggest things that you really need to also do. And that ties into the feeling part of what getting your customers to paint, to actually visualize how their life will be better after using your products or services. I love that. And, and it's dead on. I'll tell you, I've, I've never mentioned this on a podcast, but um, you know, the, the last company I was working with um, and no one knew me, I, I stepped in from a leader position to go back into a production uh, position. I don't know why I keep doing that to myself, but I did keep myself fresh. Right. If I'm going to have a <laughs> technically a, 
kind of a quote unquote sales podcast. A guy better be able to fucking sell. Um, you're right. And, but one of the things I did in one of my emails, so I, you know, I go through and I, you know, I make templates, right. And, and when I'm prospecting and stuff like that. And yeah. one of the, the most effective email templates that I made, I want to hear your perspective on it, but I kind of just did, um, Hey, here, here, here's me, Ty. And I kind of leave mm-hmm. it at that. And then I basically go, here's why I'm emailing you. And here's why it matters to you. And here's mm-hmm. why it matters to your client, right? And I basically, and I put yep. that in my email. Yeah. Here's why this right. matters to you. And then I kind of will talk to them a little bit why it matters. And then here's why it's going to matter to your client. And here's these type of success people in your position have had using my product with their clients. And so it spurs a different type of conversation because most emails yeah. you get, uh, cold emails are going to be like, oh man, check out my, my eight, you know, products and features. And I was like, okay, delete. And so I'm like, here's me. Here's how this whole thing's going to benefit you. So I try to get it right out in the beginning. And, and of course it's still a low response rate, but compared to counterparts in that same time yep. frame, if you looked at, I started with four people, right? Or three other people at the same time frame when I started that company, I doubled opportunities in the first six months from the next closest person. Some people I had hundred percent more opportunities and I, it could not have been from that one email, but I think it was my attention on how I was talking to people more about mm-hmm. why and how than about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Does that make sense? The way I, I laid that out? Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It does for sure. Because again, you are, well, one, what I love about this too is, you know, there's an old saying, I think, <laughs> I don't know a lot about Shakespeare, but I knew this, I do know this one quote, which is, he says, brevity is the soul of wit which I know a lot of comedians and comedic writers really latch onto that, which I think that is so true for sales and marketing collateral as well too, right? So what I like about what you're saying is you're getting right to the punch. You're not, I'm willing to bet that email you have is super short. Yeah. Which I'm I'm sure people you're going after are leaders, they're busy, they have a lot going on, right? So you're getting to it immediately. And then the second thing, which is going back to what we we're talking about, one of these principles that what makes brands like Nike so great and, and other brands is obsessing your consumer and customers. But also I think this is, in order to do that, you have to have a skill set, which is, I think this word's a little overused, but I'm gonna say it anyways, but empathy. Mm-hmm. Really what that means is like understanding, being able to put yourself in your customers and consumers shoes and understand totally. what do they want? What do they need? If I was on the other end of this, what would get me to go, yeah, let's let's talk about this. I'm interested because, I mean, let's be honest, we're all our own favorite fans, right? So when you get someone that's actually talking about yourself, you go, hey, I like this guy. <laughs> right? yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. You know, kind of pivoting a little bit, um, I did want to ask you uh, a little bit about lead magnets because I, I see them used yeah. quite often, you know, again, coming from a sales perspective and, and I think yep. a lead magnet can be used in a lot of different, it could be a, a piece of marketing as an attachment, you know, it could be, Hey, come download my free ebook. What is your thought on that? And how would you decide on whether or not to use one or if they're a good idea? Yeah. I, so I think, uh, I'll, I'll try to challenge myself to think of a case where a lead magnet would not, or a business that shouldn't use a lead magnet, but I'm sure, I think, I, I just think everybody, every business, some form or another should have a lead magnet. And let's clarify a couple of things too, just in case you know, someone's like, what lead magnet, what the heck is that? 
basically the reason you want this and what it is, is 99% of people coming to your business for the first time will not buy from your business. And kind of as a rule of thumb, the more expensive your product or service is, the more true that statement is because it takes them a longer time to evaluate, understand, hey, is this the right purchase for me to make? That's why lead magnet is so important. So you're going to give them, give your customers, your prospects, exchange them a, a piece of value, something valuable in exchange for their email address, their customer information, right? And so now it's, so that's, that's why we want to do it. Build your customer list, build your email list, so you can build a relationship with them. The way to do that and why a lead magnet, you know, the types of lead magnets that are most effective kind of varies upon your business, your industry, the product or service you're selling, right? So, I mean, there's so many different ways to do this, but on a low end, like here's some great ones. Free trials on stuff are fantastic. Um, like if you have a, you know, I guarantee you like a company like Peloton has a 14 day free trial or something like that. So you can try right. there their workout classes for free before you want to do anything, right? On the other end, you can definitely do um, PDF downloadables. Video resources are fantastic. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to execute this. There's discount codes, right, for more like e-commerce brands. But I would think too about, if you're thinking about what kind of lead magnet should I do, should I create, what should it be about? Think about either a problem or the biggest problem or questioners have that they're dealing with, or think about the biggest outcome that they want. If you can ideate on those different ideas, you can come up with a really good lead magnet that will entice them and captivate them. I mean, here's a good example of one I came across not too long ago, and it was for a roofing company. And something to the fact, I think their lead magnet was a PDF download and it was, how do I know I need a new roof? A nine part checklist <laughs> to see if you need a new roof or not. I was like, oh man, that's genius. They are answering the one question all potential prospects are asking, which is, do I need a new roof or can I get more life out of this dang roof I have? Because I don't want to spend 20, 30, whatever many grand right. <laughs> to buy a new yeah, roof, a right? Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, Tell me download that. And I guarantee you they are winning way more customers than their competitors because they have this piece of content they provide in exchange for their information to build that relationship, to provide them tons of value. And when you do that, you're creating a sense of reciprocity where they're going, right. gosh, I like this brand. I trust this brand because they're not trying to sell me anything right now. They're just trying to help me. And now you have a way to follow up with them and stay in touch with them. So absolutely, I think it's super important to have. And yeah, there's just so many different ways you can execute it. It's just, what's the right one for your type of business? When you're thinking of um, a, say like you're a new company, a startup, so you're not well-branded, someone hits your site, what should be like, and I know this is a really broad question because there's like a zillion no. different industries, but like front page what's something that i need to have you think that i need to have out there to grab their attention and start to gain some immediate trust yeah, yeah. no i love this so there's generally speaking i think there's about five things you want to have on your website and i'll go over the five but I'll, I'll hit on that main area too and that's it comes down to basically like five p's your product offer and promise the problem you solve 
the product you offer, the proposition of your product and proof. If you can have those five things within your website, you're gonna knock it out of the park. And by the way, I mean, if you had those five things within any and all of your sales and marketing collateral in some form or another, right. you're gonna be doing really good. So I think for that main section, and what you're talking about is what we'd call the above the fold section, right? So where you, you, you land on the website and it's the first thing you see. A couple of things we want is <laughs> first, let's get some basics down here remove all clutter. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes there's like, people are just trying to say so much and do so much. Here's a couple of things you want, which is logo in the left corner, a, a clear call to action in the top right corner, because our eyes actually track in two patterns, either a Z pattern or an F pattern. That's actually done by like seeing people, how their eyes, their eyes track. So, yeah. so if you go from a Z, go top left, have your logo. You could even put like your tagline below the logo, go across to the right, you have your menu bar, keep your menu bar really simple too. Like, unless it's basically put the things that are going to help lead to a sale in your menu bar, all the other stuff that isn't going to help lead to a sale, put it in the footer. If people want to explore it, they'll eventually explore it and get there. So all that stuff you thought was really, really important, like our story and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, put it at the bottom. Don't go. So then go into the top, right? Now we have the call to action buy now, shop now, schedule a call, whatever it is. It's not sign up or, or sorry, it's not explore or get to know us, whatever. Those aren't clear calls to action. Like, right. Ty, I know, you know, this is a salesman. You can't, you can't buy explore more. Could you? <laughs> so, well, that's a follow-up call. call. That's a follow-up <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <right>. So then <laughs> as we go diagonally now across the website, this is where your main headline and statement should be. And this is getting back to the the piece I was talking about. So if you want to really write a great headline, state your, your product offer. So your product offer and your promise, basically what you're saying, what you do and what you get, what you do as in what product do you sell a product or service do you sell and what your customers are going to get mm -hmm. after they buy your product or service. Right. That's the simple formula that will write a pretty dang good headline and a clear one and a simple one. And I think this is another thing where people get really mixed up is they think I got to have a clever headline or I got so much to say. It's like, man, simple and clear language will knock clever, cute, funny, or just, just immediately remove all jargon. So industry jargon <laughs> that you're talking about within your company and industry, do not use it. Use your customer's language. So product offer and promise. And then I think if you could have a, a sub headline below that, so a, a you know, secondary short phrase that helps paint a picture of what life's going to look like after, after they use your product. So you could say basically, so that you can do this, answer that question. And then you have a sub headline, put the call to action underneath that as well. And then now you got yourself a fantastic above the fold landing page. If you can answer that, that quick product offer and promise, have that, that clear headline there. And then also make sure that the visuals behind on that landing page you have are related or show at best, show your product in use by customers. That's a great website. And that's only this big. I mean, that's fantastic information um, because I think that's, it's important, right? When people hit your page, they immediately want to have 
some type of emotion invoked that they have a clear understanding of what your value prop is. And it's yeah. only, you know, I've had e-commerce businesses. And so yeah, you don't know that because yeah, I spent uh, people listening to this know that I have, but you know, for me, it was super important, right? Like when they hit my page, yeah. like they had to understand what we're doing, what we're selling. Insurance is important uh, to an extent yeah. um, as well. I think it's maybe harder to, because it's such an intangible product, right? It's like, it's like, right. you know, it's like selling life insurance. It's like, I think honestly, uh, and excuse me um, for saying this, but I think you're a fucking idiot if you don't have life insurance. Like I just, my personal opinion, like, I mean, maybe if you're younger, Hey, you've got kids, yes. you've got a house and you don't have it, man. Oh my God. Like you are an insane person for not having that to be able to protect your family. Right. Like I just, it's irresponsible yeah. to me, but getting people to understand the perceived value of why that's so important yeah. is very hard to do. It's very hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so again, this is extending your products beyond what they, what you act, your products are like connecting it to something greater, something bigger than you. Right. That is what brands, these great brands do is, yeah they get you to picture, imagine what that outcome is going to be, what life's going to look like, but they also get you to picture the consequences or mistakes you will avoid by not acting. Right. Oh, this is so that's important. another big thing too. And yeah, I, I mean, that's, so it's, what you're talking about is, is spot on. And it, it, the whole thing about that top section of your landing page is you're, you're most likely you won't just get someone for the first time landing on that and clicking and buying something unless you sell a $1 item, right? The whole right. goal is to get them to go, oh, I know what they do. I know what I can get. I know what I can, I know how to buy it. And, oh yeah, they're talking to me. This, this is for me. Yeah. And if you're able to do that within that section, the next goal is to then get them to scroll down, right? get them interested to stay on the page. So they're going, Oh, I want to learn more. What is this about? That's where the other things, those other P's that we talked about can come into play and are really important. So let's just get into those two the problem. I mean, this is the thing that's so big and is you know, as motivated as we are to attain something good. We are actually way more motivated. Psychology proves this to by avoiding bad things. Yeah. So if you aren't talking about the problems that your customers could have, you're missing on a huge opportunity. I mean, it's kind of like the big thing of why we get people, how we pay attention to things. I mean, this actually gets into like, check out any good movie that you've watched recently and one that you're like, oh, I'm hooked. It's because they start with the problem immediately. You're like, the character is dealing with something and you're like, oh, I'm in. Uh, they're starting with the problem. So talk about the problem that your customers are dealing with and how you can solve it. And then get into the other pieces there about the products you offer that can solve that problem. Then talk about the proposition of your product, meaning the, the benefits of what life will look like after you solve that problem mm. and then give them proof. I mean, there's so many great ways to do this in terms of proof, but testimonials, reviews, ratings, yeah. um, proof is customer success. Yeah. Customer success stats, right? Like, Hey, we've helped this many customers achieve this, this outcome over the past five years. Great. That stuff's awesome. You're what you're doing is, Reducing the perceived risk of doing business with you by offering proof. Yeah. Amazing. You know, the thing I jotted down while you were chatting was pain and pleasure. Because that's what I feel like, right? Like we want to enhance the amount of pleasure you're going to get by using our product or service. But if you don't, 
there's going to be some pain associated with it, right? Yeah, it, that's right. So that's that's exactly what I picked up on. It is well, I mean, going back to what you're, you're, yeah, going back to what you're saying about life insurance, right? So you'll happy to know, um, I have a three-year-old daughter, so a little bit late to the game, but literally yesterday I just <laughs> signed my life insurance there we policy, go. so I got that going. <laughs> so I am no longer an idiot. I feel much better about, and I'm glad I signed that yesterday. It just happened to be <laughs> the case, but. Um, <laughs> You know about that, like the pain, like in life insurance, you need to be talking about that. Don't go so you could actually go way heavy handed in this and actually turn people off, but you do need to, to talk about it a little bit about what are the consequences of not having life insurance, right? You know, what would happen to your family if something were happened to you? Now, you don't need to be all pain, all problem, because then that will actually turn people off. But the, there needs to be something in there to get people's attention and incentivize them to act, right? I, I totally agree. Yeah, and I'll tell everybody. So the reason I bought it was uh, the first time. Crazy, because I've been in insurance since 2009, right? And, and But I never had sold life. It wasn't in my preview. Um, yep. I wasn't licensed for it for a long time. I am now, but I sold auto home insurance, right? And, and boats, umbrellas, those types of things. And so long story short, I, I was doing business. I was actually selling, helping a, a broker write a veterinarian office. And so we were writing a, a 20 life, what we call 20 life group and EB insurance. So we were putting uh, employee benefit insurance into place for this group, uh, medical, dental, vision, that type of thing. And so I'm out with the broker and we're just having coffee talking about, you know, finishing this vet office. And he goes, Hey, I got to ask you a question. He's like, I got five boys. So I got to ask. And he's in his mid sixties. And at the time I was, I don't know, early thirties. And he goes, you know, uh, you have life insurance. I'm like, I had an annuities, but you know, I, I started it back in my, my mid to late twenties. I didn't know what it was. Some guys told me I let it lapse, right? I didn't know. I didn't get it. I don't have, I don't have anything other than what I have with my employer. I got some voluntary stuff. He goes, I got five boys and um, I'm only telling this because I care about you. And we've been doing, we've been talking for six months of business. He goes, my third son married 30 years old, had a three-year-old and got, I made him take out a million dollar term life policy, cost him 350 bucks for the year, got a million dollars worth of coverage, lost him 30 years till his kids are grown. Boom. A year later, he gets hit killed in a car accident broke my heart mm. you know one of my boys one of my boys died you know and he goes but as his father knowing that his wife and his little girl now were going to get a million dollars and she would not have to worry about her mortgage and have to worry about that little girl going to college i was like yeah. I, dude i was like uh, uh jerry can you sign me up like, like uh, <laughs> uh, i feel like a big asshole right now you know what i mean yeah I, I feel like i had taken yeah. care of my family and in hearing that yeah. story, I was like, oh, my God, I mean, it was so impactful for me. Well, so, gosh, I mean, painful that your, your client, and your friend had to go through that. I can't, couldn't freaking imagine, but so important. And what you're talking about here, too, is, is kind of going back to some of the things we've been chatting about, which is so important, which is, you know, if this is one of the biggest things I think all people in business, sales, marketing, whatever, have to deal with, which is the curse of knowledge, meaning we know so much about what we do, what we sell, whatever it is we're doing, that we forget, we lose perspective on what 99.99% of the world out there does not know that what, what we know, right? 
So if you're just selling, you know, if you're selling using this life insurance example is, Hey, do you want to buy a life insurance? Which is, I'm sure a lot of people are like, Hey, do you have life insurance coverage? You should probably get life insurance coverage at a 30 year term, you know, blah, 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 blah. Most people are like, no, okay. I don't know what that is. And I'm good. Thanks. But what that guy was doing, was telling you about going way past and not assuming, you know, you knew what the benefits or the consequences of not having this product or service would do for you. Right. He explained it. He made that crystal clear for you of, Hey, if you don't have this, this is what can or will happen to you. So that's, what's so important about this kind of stuff is not assuming people know what, if you have this product or service, what it's going to do for you. You have to tell them, show them, tell a great story that helps, that really helps them feel that and, and crystallize that in their mind. hundred percent. Um, Parker, we're right at our time, man, but I've loved having this conversation with you, but I want to give you a chance to ask, where can people connect with you if they want to work with you? Absolutely. So if, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to offer your listeners a, a free resource I have. Oh, please, please. It's actually, it's, it's actually my lead magnet. And as we talked about, and it's called the three-part business boost. And it's three quick videos that will help you transform your marketing, attract more customers and grow your business. And it's really based on the principles that we were talking about of, you know, what, what I learned at Nike and it lays out a really simple process of what items do you need to create in a really cohesive and compelling marketing plan for any and all businesses. So you can check that out at my website. It's at parkertnash.com slash boost. parkertnash.com slash boost is where you can check that out. So that's the resource. And then otherwise you can find me on LinkedIn. There's not a whole lot of other Parker Nashes out there. So put my name in the, in the search bar and then uh, connect with me. I'd love to hang out with that and connect with y'all. Cool, man. Well, thank you. Everybody listening, I will post uh, Parker's um, his free offer to us. Thank you so much for that. I really, really, really appreciate it um, in, in the link and as well as his uh, LinkedIn profiles. Guys, go connect with him. Uh, genuine dude, I can tell. Just genuine dude. Um, <laughs> the amount of experience you have uh, is really incredible for your age. So again, I know you're probably 24, 25, 11 years at Nike. I don't know how that math works out. It's a prodigy, but, uh, but bro, I really appreciate it. Congrats on the little girl. I didn't know that as well. Uh, being a father is the best thing ever, but I loved having you on. Hope we stay in contact. Appreciate that. Thank you.